across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. You guys know that I'm I'm pretty experienced in this business. Been at this game. Had my I had my license in Maryland for 28 years full time now. I still have a big team that's run by somebody else, Mike Sloan, my partner, but I'm an, intricately involved with him on an email basis if if not more. Uh, regularly so i know what's going on plus i had over 400 guests on the show including the ones that haven't been released yet and i see where the pain points are in real estate today and i think there's a huge pain point in listings right i think that because the mls is public now people are having to spend more and more time and more and more money and effort to get buyers and they're getting farther and farther away from listings And I'm a big believer that listings are the name of the game, that buyers are a byproduct of listings, and that you will get much more solid buyers from sign calls than you will from buying them from some of these sites or from anywhere else, and that you will get uh, much more commissions and a much higher profit by being a listing agent. And I think what keeps people from Being listing agents is they're afraid of the listing appointment. And the reason they're afraid, because there's a lot of really heavy rejection. I mean, I can remember times in my career where I really, really, really thought that I had a listing or I really, really wanted a listing and uh, they chose someone else. And there's a plethora of reasons why they may have chose someone else. But I just remember it, it, it hurting. It just getting kicked right in the gut. It keep me awake at night. Like, what did I say wrong? I swore I had rapport with the family. I swore that was in the bag. I should have closed harder. I should have zigged when they zagged. I should have set a different price. I should have set a different commission. I should have said, you know, whatever. A different marketing plan. I forgot to mention this. I forgot to mention that. You know, sometimes I made my listing appointments too short. Because I didn't know that they were interviewing multiple agents. And so anyways, that caused me, knowing that that's the number one pain point in the industry, to create the Certified Listing Agent Program. And this thing has taken a long time. I interviewed eight of the top real estate agents in America about their listing appointment. What they say, what they do, how they do it. And then we role played it on screen, on camera. And then in addition to that, they gave me their pre-list books. They gave me their CMAs. They gave me their net sheets. They gave me everything. And I put it all together. We edited it in the bite-sized chunks. And uh, we created a product out of it. And so basically what you're getting is about 10 hours of video on listing appointments. And you could uh, they're segmented by agent. So if you like an agent, you can watch them over and over again. If you dislike one of the ones of the eight, then you don't have to watch them again. You can print out everything immediately. Some people are buying it just to print out all the stuff that's free with it, the 28 downloads that's included in it. But it and, and it's in 10-minute in increments. So it uh, so you, you, you watch 5 to 12 minutes of video, and then you take a small quiz. And then you watch another 5 to 12 minutes, and you take a small quiz. So it's bite-sized. So you can get through it, go on the appointment. Take a little bit more. Go on the appointment. Take a little bit more. Go eat lunch. Take a little bit more or or spread it out over a year. You know, we've had a lot of people already sign up. We've had 10 graduates so far. I'm, I can see where the progress is. I have a lot of people over 50% done. And in my mind, because I'm ADD, it, it sure as heck beats being in a stuffy classroom listening to a lecture. Because here you're getting real people saying real meat and potatoes. And it's in bite-sized chunks, and you're forced to take a quiz and get an 80% pass rate on it to keep you alert. And it's just a lot better way, in my opinion, to learn. So if you want to learn more about it, go to hybendigital.com backslash discount and get the discount that we're offering now. That's hybendigital backslash discount. You'll get my personal podcast discount by going there and take a look. You know, see what you think. It comes with my personal guarantee, 
100% guaranteed money back guarantee. Look, if you take it and you think it, it it stinks, I'll give you your money back. You can go on Google and Google my name, and I'm personally guarantee you this. I'm very, very easy to find, right? Just send me an email. I promise you I'll, I'll give you your money back. But that's how confident I'm better. I mean, it took us a long time to do this and a lot of money. And, and it is solid. I mean, it, this is not a cheap waste of somebody's time. You take this course, you're going to beat the competition. You take this course, you're going to feel so much better going in on the listing point. You're going to have a Superman cape on or a Super Wonder Woman cape on. If you take this 10 hours, it may take you 15 hours with the test or whatever. If you put the time in, uh, it will be worth it. Anyways, check it out. Hybendigital.com backslash discount to get your discount on it. Okay, Rockstar Nation. Wow, we have some guests from Atlanta, Georgia today. Justin CB and Ryan Graham from the GSG Realty Group. And uh, they're just making a big wave out there in Atlanta, Georgia. And we are excited to have them on the show to give you some value and to give you some meat and potatoes on how we can grow our businesses today. So without further ado, Justin, Ryan, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Very good. Thanks for having us. Hey, Pat. Glad to be here. Hey, guys. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you so they can get to know you better? So we got started in 2013 with uh, the Graham CB Group, GSG Realty. We've both been in business uh, much longer than that. We actually worked together uh, at a smaller boutique firm and then um, uh, partnered up and and built this business here at Keller Williams. And, um, yeah, we've been rocking and rolling since then. Okay, so let's get an idea of some of the nitty-gritty. So how many houses did you guys sell last year? 237, 238, I think. Sweet. Yeah, we'll go, we'll 60 million. Go. Oh, that's awesome. That was the next question. That's awesome. So, so 238, 60 million. What's your GCI on that? 1.8. Sweet. And what's your profit margin? 81.5%. What? Yeah, crazy numbers. Now we have buyer agents, so some of that GCI is included in that. But our uh, our our so profit that, margin from a gross to a net for the whole team is eighty one point five. So without the without the commissions taken out, That's so just correct. just just your your hardcore expenses were about twenty percent or nineteen percent. Okay, so then uh, take out the commissions. What do you got? Well, we take in over, we're taking in 1.7 out of 3%, so that's over 50%. So I would say yeah. it's closer to, our profit margin is probably right around the 40, would that make it 46%, 47%? So 46%, and, and that's what Justin and Ryan have left over, 23% each roughly. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And I want to talk to you a little bit about partnerships, because everyone's always curious about <clears throat> partnerships. Now, how, how do you guys work that leftover money? Like, how do you decide who gets what? Yeah, so it, what's, what's great with a partnership is building upon the strengths of each other. And, you know, what we discovered is, you know, my strengths are Justin's weaknesses and Justin's strengths are my weaknesses. And instead of kind of butting heads on that, like, oh, you know, do it this way, do it that way, you know, re- lean on each other. And, and, you know, that's how, that's how we found success in this partnership and this business. Um, and basically, I mean, to, to, we split everything 50-50 when it's done and said with. I mean, yeah. it's 50-50 at the end. You know, he's a Georgia Tech grad. I'm a UGA grad. So that tells you right there there's two different personalities <laughs> sitting at the table. That's, that's awesome. So no debate, nothing. Like your grandmother buys a house from you. You charge your full commission. You get that full commission. 50-50 split. It all goes into the same pot. And the same pot is cut up every quarter or every month or whenever you guys decide to distribute? Yeah, yeah. just keep it simple like that. Just a very simple rule like that and then just, just nothing to really think about. It's always the same. That's great. A lot of people can't do that. I think they struggle with that. You know, they, well, one, there's always one partner that's, that's working harder than the other. The other one goes to Australia for a month and then there's issues. So how do you get around that? You lean on the other person pretty hard. Yeah. I tell you, we yeah. don't give each other any slack, and, and that's a good thing. Um, you know, I think the, the one thing when we started the business three years ago was, you know, what happens when we completely butt heads and, and can't make a decision? Well, we've got a third party that has no interest that is our decision maker if we ever hit that. In three years, we've never hit it, 
but uh, we did we did invoke somebody to kind of be the tiebreaker in the event that we got to that point. That was smart. That was smart. So so how many years were you each in the business before you decided to team up? So we started working together. Graham started working with me right out of uh, his civil engineer job here in Atlanta in 2005. So, uh, 2004. So yeah, he's got 10. Well, I guess you had eight, nine years in the business. I had about 10 or 15 at the time. Um, we, we just started, uh, he actually started to work for me back then when I had my own company. And then we split up. He started his own company. I had my own. And then Keller Wings bought my company. And when I came in about a year later, I, I was able to convince him to come in and join me, and we became the Graham TV Group at that point. So, that's that's cool. And and so, what are the benefits of that? Uh, you know, I would say the biggest benefit with a big brokerage like Keller Williams is you've got the, of course, the name recognition, the national and international branding that they roll out. But really, behind the scenes, I think is the business models and the systems and structure that really created a, a bigger part of the foundation for what we are. Now, we've we've taken some flavor from some of the mega teams all over the country, do some masterminds and, of course, conferences and things. And we just, you know, looking, always doing research, always being learning-based and trying to find out what's, what's working for other people in other markets. But, you know, having a big backing like a, like a firm like Keller Williams and having the systems readily available to us uh, was really great for, for building the foundation. So, yeah, and for individually, I mean, two heads are better than one, right, Pat? Right, right. I mean, yeah. having him, having him here with me. I mean, as a, as looking at it as just a he and I combining. You know, you got you got both sides of the spectrum. Like I said, Georgia, Georgia Tech here. Um, we refer and, to ourselves as Justin being the gas pedal and me being the steering wheel. Yeah, it's just kind of a nice balance. Wow, I like that. I like that analogy. I like that analogy. Okay, good stuff. So, what does your team look like now? So we've got eight buyer agents, one full-time listing agent, one admin. Um, Ryan and I don't really practice real estate if we don't have to. Um, we do a little bit on the listing side to help our head listing agent um, just because he's pretty overwhelmed. And then we have a small expansion team that we just started in Peachtree Peach City that has three agents there. Uh, we're looking to open another location on the north side of atlanta probably in the next three to four months very cool very cool so so where does your business come from of all these deals all these settlements that you're closing down there if you look at the business justin was saying in the beginning like most real estate agents 80 85 percent is coming from your sphere of influence we're we're more about 65 percent is from our sphere of influence so that's still you know the cornerstone of our business but we've grown our marketing machine fairly large over the past three years. And so now we're capturing business from from outside sources. And you know, one of the one of the things that folks talk about, actually Justin just pulled up the numbers, it's down to sixty two percent is from our, our sphere. Uh, we do a phenomenal job, and we, pre we preach this to our agents on a regular basis about lead conversion. We've got a lot of listings. Uh, about a third of our business is from, from listings, and the other two-thirds from the buy side. But every time we take a listing, you know, our expectation is we should be able to generate at least two buyer sides from that listing. So phone calls that are coming in, the team's capturing those leads, speed the lead right away, internet leads from the listings, if people are sticking their hand up asking questions about them. Um, you know, we have several different routing systems. Ge the, the, lead, the listing itself is simply generating, and then it's all about the follow-up and, and the, the speed to lead. All right, so what do you mean by speed to lead? Speed leads everything. Forbes put out this great article not too long ago. Um, they did a, a five-year research on e-leads, and basically, and, and you're going to love this, and I'll have to send you the link on it. But Yeah, please do. If you, if you guys send me that link, I'll put it on the show right. notes, guys, on Hyben Digital. I'll send it out to you for sure as soon as we're done here. But let me ask you, Pat, how, what percentage of e-leads do you think are never responded to? Wow. <laughs> I would, I would, I'm going to guess half because I know I've Four. sent, you, you know, you mean in general, right? It like, just, oh yeah. In general, I, I, 71, 71% like, of leads are never responded. I, I believe it. And, and it's crazy, you know, I, I'm looking for a landscaper here in my new house that I bought and I sent out like six, right? Six in one day. And then I sent out like another five uh, through Angie's list. And yeah. I got one guy that called me one guy out of 11. Yeah, no, that's totally it. I mean, and when, you know, you only get only 29% of the leads are even responded to. The average response time is 47 hours. 
hmm. for these people to get back to them. And then they only respond up to 1.3 times. So <laughs> when you ask what speed to lead, well, you're 9,000 9, times more likely to catch a lead in the first five minutes than you are at hmm. 30 and what we always do and what we try to, we always try to put ourselves in the, the, the shoes of the consumer. And we think, okay, are, who are our consumers? Well, if it's the buy side, it's, you know, people wanting to buy houses. And so what are they doing? Well, they're on the internet, they're finding properties online. And then when the moment happens where they have the question, they're going to raise their hand. But are they going to sit there and wait for 47 hours for somebody to call them back and email them back? No, they're going to move on to the next site, to the next potential agent. Same thing if they're driving down the street, they see a for sale sign, they call the number on it. You know, they want to talk to somebody right now. If you give them 10 minutes to drive down the road to the next house, they don't remember you anymore. So oh. speed delete is everything. Yeah. Wow. I love the, I so love the term and it makes, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. I mean, yeah. And we practice and preach to our team that 90 seconds or less. And so we, it's our job as the rainmakers to generate the leads. It's our job to get them in front of our agents as soon as possible, and then it's the agent's job to get on the phone with them within 90 seconds. So are you, would you say you're kind of like a broken record with them? You're just speed to lead, speed to lead, speed to lead, or do you have an accountability system in place that ensures that they're doing speed to lead? Oh, it's very accountable. I mean, to the point of we've got a lead manager, and that's kind of a role I play right now. We're, we're looking to fill that position soon, but you know, since Graham and I generate the leads, I send. I tend to track them. And when leads come in, the way we distribute, everybody has an equal opportunity to get them at any time. It's sent out via text, or if it's a live call, it rings everybody's phone at the same time. So if you answer it, you know it's a lead. It has an identification number in front of, of, of the phone number that's ringing. So they know it's a lead coming in. Well, you answer it, you're on the phone with them immediately. Okay, wait a minute. I, let, me, let me get this straight. So yeah. it's kind of like Uber, right? Or, or something like that. Yeah. So, so your phone rings. Uh, you have a special number, right? That's, that's just on your signs or your ads or internet, right? They Correct. call that special number. Everyone's phone rings simultaneously? That's correct, and it has two twos in front of it, so that lets them know. It looks like an international call, but it actually lets them know that that's a lead call. Holy dirt. What is that called? We need to get that. So we run that through a, a program called Ring Central. Ring Central. Okay, you I'm going to put- also do it with Google phones or Google apps. Or- yeah, I mean, there's a lot of voice over IP phone service providers out there that, that have similar technologies. Um, Nextiva, there's another big company, big name that does it. Okay, so go back to what you're saying. Everyone's phone rings. You got eight phones ringing, or, or do both of your guys' phone rings too? Phones ring too? I, I have mine ring. Well, I used to have mine ring. I turned it off. But <laughs> what, hap- what happens if the phone call, we miss about one call a month, and mm. when in, we miss the call, meaning none of my agents answered the phone, I get a text message immediately. And when it texts me that we missed a call on that line, I turn around and call that person immediately. Okay, so eight phones ring. One of eight better pick up, right? They pick up, and you can see who picked up, right? It, it like, registers? Yeah, I can see that the call's logged. And, and, and no, I can't tell who, who answered it, unfortunately. But everybody's trained to put everything in our CRM. And so we meet every day at 9 a.m. with our entire team. I mean, that's how we get this team going. Every buyer agent, every agent is every, in our office. Every, let me get this straight, every day. Every Monday through Friday, we meet at 9 a.m. It's our 15-minute daily huddle. Wow. And I'll tell you, it, it changed the lives of my agents when we implemented that. They love it, love it, love it, love it, getting here and showing up. It's the biggest fear that most agents have is if I require my team to be here every day, then people won't show up. Well, that may be true, but those people don't need to be on your team. Yeah. Wow. I mean, one of the most consistent things that you see in the real estate business is the agents that show up every single day, they treat it like a career, not just a job. They're the ones that have the most success. But for us as well, when we get together and huddle, that's where this a lot of the fire starts to, to ignite. You get brainstorming of recent problems and how they were solved. You get brainstorming about um, successes. Uh, it's just, it's a really good energy. Many of our agents have, have said to us, that's the favorite part of the day every single day. Okay. So give me some questions that people listening can, let's say they, they, they stop the car and they're like, this is great. Um, and they're typing it in the notes in their phone. What are some questions that they could ask to get them started if they wanted to start this daily meeting tomorrow? Well, kind of a fun thing that we always joke yeah. about is you have a bunch of salespeople in a room. There will be no shortage of topics to talk about. <laughs> yeah, no, no, seriously. So when I first started this, I was definitely afraid, you know, being the rainmaker and with Graham and going, crap, now I got to come up with topics every day right. for a 15-minute daily huddle. 
Well, you know, you got, like he said, high eyes in the room. They're going to want to talk. We literally come in and go, what's gone on in the last 24 hours? What challenges did you face? What successes do you have? What questions do you have? And then we have our listing agent in the room, and he just goes over upcoming listings that are coming up and things like that. Ryan has an hourglass that he has to turn over every day when we start at 9 that is only 15 minutes long because if we don't turn the hourglass on, then basically we go past 15 minutes every day. Yeah. So it's wow. like we hold ourselves accountable for the meeting. And it's kind of like your people feel a sense of accountability if they're like quiet as church mice. It means they took the day off or they're not working or they don't <laughs> have any deals, right? So they so they kind of got to be like, man, I got to get out there and beat the streets or I'm not going to have anything to talk about. I haven't said anything in three days. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's great. That's great. Okay, so... So, like, how are those agents and how are you getting leads from your sphere of influence, from the 60-some percent of all the leads that are coming in, which is still a ton, is 140 or some settlements that you've gotten. So, uh, tell me how you get those. So, one of my favorite statistics that's been in existence for as long as I've been in business comes from the National Association of Realtors. And these numbers aren't going to be exactly right, but you'll get the gist of it. Essentially, something like 93% of home buyers and sellers say that they're totally satisfied with their real estate agent, and they are very likely to use that real estate agent again in a future transaction, or they're very likely to refer that real estate agent to somebody else. Then they interview people five years later who do a subsequent real estate transaction, and something like 30 per, only 30% use the same agent. And the number one reason why they don't use the same agent, like 88%, is because they didn't know how to get in touch with that agent. Mm. And whose fault is that? You know, it's the real estate agent. Yeah. So we just tried to stay consistent in sending people postcards every single month with, you know, fun information about the team or maybe upcoming events in the local areas, festivals, you know, recipes, you know, just, you know, kind of standard stuff. But try to make it relevant and fun. Football calendars are, are great. We do a good job of sending an email out once or twice a month. Again, market stats, fun facts about the area. Yeah, and so, so Pat, here's a great structure. This is where you pull the car over and get your pen out. Okay. So we'll get, we'll Everybody give it, listen. Pull the car over. We'll, we'll give it to you right here for free. Basically, you know, we, we utilize a video email company. And you can use BombBomb. There's other companies out there. 20 bucks a month. On the seventh of the month, we're going to send out a quick video email. It's 90 seconds or less. That costs us $20 a month to touch our entire database. The most expensive thing we do on the 15th of the month is we send a postcard out. Now, our database, when we started this three years ago, was 250 people. Now it's like 700, 800 people. It's not thousands of people. Well, we send them a postcard once a month. It's about 79 cents per postcard to send out. So we're spending you know, $20 on the video, and now we're spending maybe 750 bucks on postcards. So we're about up to 775 a month. On the 21st of the month, we're at Keller Williams. We have a program called the 33 Touch. You can create this with any other type of system out there, but it sends an email out on the 21st of the month. So now we've touched our clients three times in one month, and then we call them one time every quarter. So we call them four times a year. We just break out the database, have the agents call their, their past clients. Keeping in touch with those people is where our business comes from. That is the majority. Graham said it earlier. 80% of your business comes from people you know or people you've worked with. So when you get the phone call from any of these major marketing companies saying, give me a thousand bucks, I'll give you leads, do this, I'll give yeah. you leads. If you're not, if you're spending money on anything but your PCSOI, your past client, your sphere of influence, you're throwing it out the window. Yeah. And you made me think of something and that's, um, you know, so much has changed with that because because the MLS is online now and because you have Zillow and Truly and all these people that are there's essentially like magnets, right, for leads. So anybody trolling online gets sucked into that magnet and given to an agent who's paying money who had an agent in the past. They may have had an agent three or four times that they've used, but now suddenly they have a new agent, right, where in the past without that magnet in existence, right, I think it was easier for them to be like, oh, where's Mary or who is that agent we bought from or whatever, where now it's like so much easier to lose a client is what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Ab absolutely. And, and you, you, you hit this earlier when you said 
there are so many site registrations. I mean, there were 40 million site registrations last year just on the big sites. And that's basically where someone goes to Zillow or Trulia or Realtor.com, puts their information in and says, I want information on the house. But there's only 5 million sales. So that means the average person went to twelve different or eight different sites before they even bought a house. So if you're not staying in touch with your people, they're doing the research. The millennials represent a third of the buying population. They're going to go on our website. I watch the millennials on my website. When they log onto my site, they hit every About Us page. They read every bio of every agent on my team before they ever start looking for real estate. And they're doing their research. That's a third of your population. So if you're not staying in front of your, uh, for your people and your past clients in your sphere, they're going to do research and find other agents. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I, my, my kids are college age. And all their friends will come over and they'll be talking about, I have girls, and they'll be talking about guys and they'll be talking about, well, right now we're just talking, right? Which is a stage, right? Where you just text back and forth. That's called talking. And then you make it official by going online and saying in a relationship with. And it's kind of like that. It says, if you stop talking to your clients, just like if some dude stops talking to one of them, there's no relationship. There's no sale. They're not going to close the deal, right? I mean, so that's, that's the perfect. same same thing. Yeah, I love that analogy. Okay, cool. So tell me a little bit about the, where the other 40%, 35% is coming from. Well, yeah, I mean, that's all over the place. You know, we, I'm looking at the pie chart right now. 62% is a big green you know, piece of pie. Everything else, there's probably 12 or 13 different categories. It's things like open houses, varied variation of different uh, referral sites. Zillow's a, a pretty big chunk. So Zillow is actually 13% of our business. But let me say this. We don't pay for Zillow advertising. Okay, so we need, we, we need to talk about that. So um, so give give me the, the three-step, five-step, whatever process it is to get free business, which you're obviously getting, you know, 30, three or four sales a month, three or four commission checks a month from Zillow. We need to know exactly how. Yeah, so you know, let's go back and just talk about it again. Speed to lead. You know, when somebody raises their hand, make sure that you're answering, you're responding quickly. You know, because they will move on to the next one. But again, putting yourself back in the shoes of the consumer. What do what do I do whenever I go to look for a product to buy on Amazon? I read reviews. I want to know if that product is of good quality. I want to see what other people, other consumers, <coughs> are saying about it. It's the concept of social proof. So basically, I mean, with Zillow, it's it's, we, as we went into specific markets, we would pay for a little bit of Zillow marketing. Now, I, I, I want to take a step back. After we had a huge amount of business coming from our past client in our sphere of influence, we then spent, started, we'd spend a little money in Zillow, and basically we'd go into the market, pay for advertising for six months, and we wouldn't pay a lot, maybe five, six hundred bucks total, but then we would beef up our Zillow reviews. And so if you look at, at at us online, if you search for agents in Atlanta, we're the number one team on Truly and Zillow. And that's because we have 196 reviews. What? And basically, we just did a big, huge push on getting reviews on Zillow and Trulia. And that has been, I mean, we get people almost come list me all the time just yeah. from reading our reviews. You're the second so, person that said that in like a week to me that, uh, oh that they get it's just huge. come list me just because of the social proof. It's huge. And so now we're doing a big push on Realtor.com. You know, and and um, what's the fourth one? We're Yelp or Yelp? To? We're trying to do it on Yelp. But okay, yeah. so let me talk about that. So, so real estate agents are on Yelp now. Yeah, these real estate agents are. Yes. And what about Google reviews? Absolutely. So anywhere, they, anywhere, Facebook, your website, Trulia, Realtor.com, Zillow. You know, Realtor.com's done this massive push lately in in advertising and. And we generally haven't marketed with them, and we just actually did a little bit, and the return on it is much greater than what we were getting anywhere else. So so what everyone listening needs to know is that, that right now, at least, the, a service doesn't exist like that I know of, like Hootsuite, where you can you know, uh, type in one review and it's going to go to Google reviews, Yelp, Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, yep. all these, the Angie's list. There's probably 10 of them, right? And so if you send one to a past customer and you say, hook me up on Zillow, it's going to be a lot harder to be like, hook me up on Trulia, cut and paste it and hook me up on Google reviews. We do so it though. I mean, we do it. If you walk into our door, we have a glass door leading into our office and there's a sign on it that stays up there 365 days a year and it says, have you gotten a review today? 
And we basically, we push our, our agents and our team to, to call people. We do iPad giveaways, you know, where we, we have everybody write reviews and we send them all four sources and they get certain entries per source. And if they write a review, we do at least an iPad giveaway about once a year. And that helps out a lot too. With your past clients, you just, you just send them and, oh, wow. And so I guess if you get 190 reviews, you know, then you could feel pretty confident that you maybe should start going to Yelp or start going to Google reviews or or whatever, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I mean, we were kind of, when we started this, we were testing it. We didn't really know. And then when we got a lot of reviews and we saw the results, we were like, it was eye-opening. We were like, wow, now we're missing out on Realtor.com. Now we're missing out on Yelp. Now we're missing out on other areas where we need to get the reviews in. So what do, you, what do you think the best one is? If someone's listening and they just want to, they say they have, they're like, oh crap, you know, I haven't been paying attention to this at all. I only have, I, they look up and they don't have any reviews out there. Where would you tell them to go first? Yeah, I mean, Zillow's the highest traffic real estate website in the country. And so it's Zillow. Zillow is the answer to that question. And then how many do you think they should build up before they go to, you know, somewhere else next? Look, tell, tell them to pull up agents in their market. So go, go to Zillow and do find an agent and then put your market in. And see who has the most reviews. That's your target. You just want to be at the top. Once you're at the top, you're going to get a ton of leads. This is huge because people like me, like when I buy stuff now, like I, I, I got a trainer, okay? I'm, I'm new to an area. I've been here nine months. I got a personal trainer and I got him from Google reviews. You know, he guy had like 12 Google reviews and, and none of the other trainers had them. And I, I, I looked at it and I said, yeah, he's solid. Look at the results. He had before and after photos. He had all this stuff on there. And I was like, cool, done, solid. I, I just wrote him a check for 2500 bucks yesterday. So the social proof is huge. I mean, if, if you're not tapping into this social proof concept, it's going to cost you big bucks. Well, you're missing out on a third of the buying population completely right now. And then mm-hmm. the other two thirds, they, they still will do the research. They're just not going to research as hard as a third of the buying population. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And But that population is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, I think. Oh, yeah. You know? Definitely. I mean, we're just at the beginning stages, I think. Okay. So what's your guy's favorite script? What do you like to train your agents on the most or use the most? Uh, okay. So we've got lots and, and it kind of changes on a day-to-day basis. But uh, probably our favorite is anybody that calls they or, or you get them on the phone, they have a tendency to be a little um, maybe cold sometimes or, or at least only lukewarm. So one of our favorite questions to ask is, who's your realtor? Because all agents want to know if the person's already working with an agent or not. And so the the natural question you want to ask is, um, are you working with a realtor or are you working with an agent? And that's very easy to say yes. But if you ask the question, who is your realtor, if they're going to lie, you'll hear hear the hesitation. And then they realize they just hesitated and they can't lie anymore. So they'll say, oh, yeah, no, no, nobody. But if they actually are working with somebody, they'll say, hey, yeah, I'm working with Justin CB. Oh, great. Justin CB is a great agent. Move on. Yeah, and, and, and it's for non-Mets. I mean, that, that script is for non-Mets when we have live calls or e-leads that sign up on the, the website when we call them. You know, like you said, if you ask them who they're, if they're working with an agent, they're going to say, yeah, and you've just basically ended the conversation. You've got to ask them what the name of their agent is. What do you think the loyalty is like now with, with people and agents? So, so Graham didn't say this, and I'll say <laughs> it, and, and I know he's going to laugh at me, but unfortunately, you know, look, I'm going to say this, 90% of the agents do, or 10% of the agents do 90% of the work in this business. We all know that. Um, there's still a lot of part-time agents in here. So a, a follow-up question that we ask, you know, when we say, are you working with an agent? And they go, yeah, I've got so-and-so, is are you satisfied with that agent? And it's kind of a harsh question, and it was hard for me to actually, you know, get wrap my arms around that. But you wouldn't believe how many times they go no. You know, I, I, we had a, we had a lady the other a guy the other day that said, "Yeah, I've got an agent. It's my my sister in law." And we go, when we go, "Are you satisfied?" And he goes, "Hell no, I'm not satisfied." Why do you think I'm calling you? Why do you think I'm calling you? And and I never can get them to call me back, and I can't get this, and you know, so we do ask that question and pick up a lot of business by that. That's that's incredible. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It makes a lot of sense. So, what's your guys' listing appointment like? Uh, you know, give me an idea of time frame. And do you do one step, two step? Do you send stuff ahead of time? Or you just do it all there. Give me an idea of that. Yeah. So, uh, the goal for any listing appointment is for it to be as short as humanly possible. And I know that sounds kind of maybe strange, but to your point, yes, we do send stuff ahead of time. We like to provide. 
So we like to provide the potential seller with as much information as possible, and that starts with social proof. They need to be reading reviews about us. Let other people tell them how great we are and how successful we've been for them. We want to show them our marketing material. We want to show them our statistics. We want to show them examples uh, of our successes. We want to show them how we do the business. Because here's the thing. What I discovered you know, going on tons and tons of listings, you know, listing appointments whenever we were starting this business is I just got sick and tired of talking about myself. The script became boring and dull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it became a yawn fest. What I want to talk to, and this is what we say to people, is please review all of this information ahead of time. Please look at the marketing materials because I don't want to spend my time with you talking about me. I want to spend my time with you talking about you. Yeah, so step one is we send out our, our – we have a, a, a PDF of our listing presentation and we send it out to them. And we tell them, hey, review this before we meet on Tuesday at 1 o'clock. We're going to call you back before we come out to make sure you reviewed it. And we actually do make that phone call. And yeah, we'll say to them, hey, you know, are we still on for tomorrow at two o'clock? Great. Have you had an opportunity to review everything? And if they say no, I'll say, you know what? Let's reschedule the appointment for a later date because I think it's very important that you do review that, that material before we meet. And they'll usually say, no, 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 I've definitely got time tonight to, to review it. And then, you know, that way you, you, you make it seem as important as it is, and they will review it ahead of time. Then they start asking very specific, very informed questions. So we can dive deeper into that listing presentation if we need to. Need to. But for the most part, we find we're, we're now talking about presentation of property, staging, and of course, valuation. Wow. You hit home with what you said. You do get tired of talking about yourself. And really, the whole purpose, I mean, let's, let's be honest. The whole purpose of the listing presentation is to close for the listing. And so... You know, I want to go in very strong with that. I want to, you know, tell them what, you know, what do they want to know? They want to know what their house is worth and what it's going to sell for. And we kind of dangle that care and hold back for a little bit. But really, ultimately, the focus needs to be on closing for that for that listing. Because if if you leave there without it signed, you know, at that point you've lost control. You don't know what's going to happen. Your goal is is definitely to get it signed while you're there. I mean, some agents I've talked to, they're like, "Hey, I just roll in and I, I email them the DocuSign later." I mean, your your goal is definitely to you know sit there and get her done. Yeah, I mean, step one, send the packet. Step two, show up. You know, our average time to commitment, kind of verbal commitments, about twelve to fifteen minutes, and and that's just them going, "All right, let's start talking about the house." Let's stop talking about who you guys are and what you can do for me because I've read the packet. I, I understand everything. I've read the reviews. Tell me about the house, what I need to do to get it prepared. You know, get it signed there if you can. People change their minds all the time. You know, get it signed there if you can and then go from there. I mean, and, ten, and, 10 to 15 minutes barely gives you enough time to walk through the house, right? Well, no, that's, that's commitment. That's like you show up and the first question we say is, hey, you know, you obviously had time to review our packet. What questions do you have about it? And that's typically about 12, 12 minutes is what one of my agents says, but I say 12 to 15. It's, they have a couple of questions about things, and then there's some things we leave out, some carrots that we leave out of our packet, so we have something of substance to talk about with them. But here, here's the thing is, you know, I, and I say this to people all the time, and I talk to our listing agent about saying this very thing is, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, you don't need to be making a decision about who your listing agent is based upon what they tell you your house is going to sell for. Right. That's not that's not criteria. Criteria is success. How successful have I been for other sellers? How successful have I been in the marketplace? You know, you also don't need you don't need an agent to walk around. If you think that the best agent is the one who tells you the best place to put your couch in the living room, that's not a very good interview question. And yeah. so we want to make sure all of those those big things are covered. The the secret sauce for success, the strategies, the statistics that prove that, the social proof that proves that. And once we've got our heads wrapped around that, there's no reason that the seller can't make a decision that I'm the right guy to hire. And then once they make that decision, now we'll talk about staging. Now we'll talk about pricing of the property. Now we'll talk about the rollout phase and how we're going to handle multiple offers and so on and so forth. Yeah, and we send out, we send out a professional stager for every listing and give them a two-hour window to meet with our clients so we don't have to answer those questions because – I was never comfortable telling people where to put couches and stuff like that. Yeah. So that totally <laughs> solved my problem. You know, hey, we got a professional stager that's going to come out and sit with you for two hours and tell you what to do. Yeah, and I think one of the big things, too, in order to take it to that next level, I mean, if you are an, an individual agent or maybe you even have a small team you're working with right now and you're trying to break through to that next, that next level, 
you got to let go of things. You know, you got to stop taking pictures of your own listings. You got to stop putting on your signs in the front yard. You got to stop doing staging. You, you, there, those, those costs are minimal in terms of what you get back, which is time. And, and time is the most valuable commodity that any person in business has. Wow. And is that your market? Are you in a multiple offer market? So part of it. I mean, yeah. we, we, we cover a big, we, we've got five metro counties. I mean, we're all of Atlanta. So our in-town markets are, you know, multiple offers as soon as possible. Our, you know, our suburb markets, there's a couple of cracks out there, and it, it takes a little bit longer to sell. I mean, Peachtree City average days on market's 83. Hmm. You know, average days in town is less than 20. So, and also varies based on price point. Yeah. Um, at the at the upper end and the multi-million dollar properties, you're still still seeing a little bit longer time on market. It's a smaller buyer pool, um, but there are certain sweet spots where yes, we will get multiple offers and. And we have different strategies to handle that. So comparing like downtown Atlanta, which it sounds like where, you know, the it's, it's hot, 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 hot now. Um, how does it compare to say 2006, 2005 price wise? Is it, is it, does it cost more now or is it, so, is it less? You know, it's what the word I've been starting to hear more and more in um, lesser informed circles is bubble. We're in a bubble or are we in a bubble? I get asked that question a lot. I don't think that we are in a bubble, and there's two reasons. Um, Justin and I were both in business during the crash of 2008, 2009. Okay, we saw the writing on the wall. When you see people writing mortgages, and you know they only make thirty thousand dollars a year, and they've got you know over a million dollars of mortgage debt hanging over their head, something's wrong. You know, and and we just it, it wasn't a sustainable model and a sustainable market that does not exist today. The lending. Guidelines have changed completely. It's not that it's harder to get a loan. It's just that it, you have to do the right things in order to get a loan. So I don't see bubble risk from that perspective. But if you look at, to your question, pricing of 2006, 7, and 8, and then where we are today, in some markets, we're a little above that, maybe 7 or 8%. In some markets, we're still trailing behind that by 7 or 8%. And, and in some markets, we're, we're kind of you know, right back there. So, but even in the good areas where we've had a seven or eight appreciation since 2008, you know, it's 2016. That's an eight year. So, if you draw a line on a graph over eight years and you're looking at 10 percent, that's that's horrible returns. Now, granted, we've we've appreciated 50 percent in the past four years, but you see what I'm saying? I to me, that's not a bubble. I, we, you know, we've we've come through recovery. Uh, we've had a lot of turnover over the past three years, and that's a really good thing. Um, I, and I think now we're seeing leveling. The past Six to nine months in some areas, we're only seeing a two or three percent growth, and I, I think that's the leveling out that that we would expect to see after this recovery. What, what about appraisals? Because you know, if you have a house for say six hundred thousand and it's up fifty percent, now it's worth nine hundred thousand four years later. Do you have any issues with appraisers? Yeah, the, the appraisers haven't caught up with the market in some cases, but generally speaking, and I'd say nine times out of ten the buyer's willing to, to make up the difference. Or so, there's a buyer standing behind them that's willing to make up the difference. Mm, so it's coaching. Agents no, it's coaching. coaching. You just got to tell them, hey, this is what we're dealing with if you want to buy a house. Well, and a lot, of our, a lot of our buyer agents will write in their offers that the buyer's willing to pay up to $10,000 over any appraised value. Yeah. You know, you know, and that yeah. sets their offer aside of the other five that all have appraisal contingencies. But no one said, "Hey, uh, you know, right out of the gate, I'm willing to say I'll pay ten grand over appraised value as long as it doesn't exceed the sales price." You know that that helps out a lot. Or even if it does, because sellers are so cocky, right? And what's the chance? <laughs> what's the chance of it actually doing that, right? You know, if you're yeah. real confident, it's not gonna it's not gonna overappraise. Your fears is gonna underappraise. Imagine that. Hey, even if it even if it appraises for what I'm buying for, I'll pay ten grand over. That's a yeah. that's a hell of a way to win. Yeah. You know, All Pat, right. one other thing I wanted to touch on just real quick, back to kind of leads. We talked about speed to lead and how important that is and everything. Um, but follow-up is really the big thing. Um, there's a guy named Mitch Ryback out of Melbourne who does – he's got the highest e-lead conversion in the United States. You probably should talk to him at some point. But he looked at his sales in, I think, 2015. He had 1,600 sales. Well, 800 of those sales were leads that were a year or older that he had just continued to follow up with. And then 250 of those sales, almost 25% of his total annual sales were leads that were two years or older. And so what agents do is we, we take these leads and we call them once on average 1.3 times. 
and then we forget about them and we think that they're just dead leads. Well, if you don't if you don't have a four or five year follow up program, then you're missing out on a ton of opportunity. Those C clients turn into A clients eventually. You've got to have a system in place to follow up with them for that period of time. Yeah, I mean most most agents view buying leads, you know, paying for advertising to generate these leads as you know, why am I spending all this money to only convert such a small, small percentage of the leads? But the reality is, is they, the average buyer starts their online search for property eight months in advance of actually purchasing. So if a lead comes through and you call them 1.3 times, you're missing out on a tremendous amount of the conversion. So you know, to Justin's point about Mish, a huge percentage of their business was generated simply by continuing to follow up consistently for a long period of time. Yeah, and I'll and I'll tell I'll give you the secret too here because because I know everybody listening is going well. I don't have a program that's going to follow up with people for three or four years. Well, what do buyers want? They want information on properties. So every lead you get, no matter where it comes from, should be set up in your MLS on some type of search. That can be your follow up program. Yeah. Just set them up. If we get a lead and we don't know the price range, we set them up on a generic price range. We set them up on City of Atlanta, two hundred fifty to five hundred grand. If we have no idea what they're looking for, and then they'll email us back going, "I'm looking for a condo in Lawrenceville for 150,000." Well, <laughs> now we know what they're looking for. Yeah, and the purpose of any you know follow-up program is to create a two-way communication. And by sending them the wrong information, sometimes they'll stick their hands up, "Hey, you sent me the wrong stuff. Awesome, let's talk." Yeah, it's so much better than not sending them anything at all. Yeah, and then it's per, you know it's a six-month. Most most of our systems will only let you run the search for six months. Well, great. When it's set to expire, then the agent gets a note. And then we would just reach back out to the to the lead and say, "Hey, your search is about to expire. I just wanted to check in to make sure that you want me to still have it on." And that because that might prompt them to say, "Oh yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot. I you know I do want to continue to receive those." And now we have an opportunity to start talking again. If they don't respond, well, we restart it anyways because we want those searches to continue to go. But it's just another great opportunity to reach out and say something that might evoke a response from that lead. Yeah, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Well, you guys are just definitely lead ma- lead masters. I mean, you're, you're, they're either going to buy or die or list or die, right? I mean, that's... That is so funny. We actually say that we're, we're, we're going to follow the lead until they either buy or die. That's yep. exactly what we say. Now, let's wrap this up with our flagship question, and, and that is this. Let's imagine I put you guys as a team on a show similar to Survivor, but it's for real estate agent teams, let's say. Two people, kind of like Amazing Race. I'm just kind of ad-libbing here. We drop you in a foreign market, okay, with nine other agent teams. You each get a cell phone. You get a laptop. You get $500. Each team, every week, counts how many houses they sold. Whoever sells the least gets kicked off the show. How are you going to compete and win in this show where Justin and Ryan are going to sell more houses than the other teams with only 500 bucks a cell phone and a laptop? Well, so here's this, that's an interesting question, a scenario to propose, because there, there is no way, there's no secret formula to just simply dropping into a marketplace and instantly overnight becoming successful. All of the stuff that we're talking about takes time to build up, as you would expect. You know, you got to, and you got to be consistent with it. You can't put a little bit of money over here, then a little bit of money over here, send a couple of postcards here, make a couple of phone calls there, and then all of a sudden in 30 days expect to have, you know, $4 million worth of contracts on the books. It doesn't work that way. It's always a, it's consistency and, and over the longevity. That said, real estate is a contact sport. And if you want to try to convert leads, you want to try to put business in your pipeline immediately, you get out there on the streets, you get in front of people, you knock on doors, you go shake hands, you schedule breakfasts, you do open houses, you get in front of where the buyers are at and where the sellers are at, and that's out there on the streets. And you can generate a solid pipeline of business in a very short amount of time if you're not afraid to get out there and just do it. Yeah, and I, you know, we hire agents all the time that have no experience. Last year, our number two agent worked three quarters of the year and wasn't in real estate, you know, prior to this, and she finished number two on the team with no experience coming in. And so, I guess looking at her and saying, "What do we tell her?" Well, you know, first we told her, "Look, go get market knowledge. You know, go look at every house that comes on the market, find a specific price range and target it. That way, when you find a lead that comes in in that price range or that price point." You're the expert, you know, and, and no one's going to say, how long have you been in the business when you can sit there and go, I know everything about every house between 250 and 300 in Virginia Highland. 
and that's what someone's looking for. So we tell them, go get your market knowledge, do your open houses to get exposure, knock on doors, do, you know, call 10 people a day, talk to 10 people a day, give out 10 postcards, not postcards, business cards a day, write three handwritten note cards a day, you know, and just call the people you know. You know, let people know over and over and over again what you're doing. Yeah, that and that makes so much sense. I mean, I think a lot of agents fail because they try to add all that stuff. A good analogy is if you look at companies like Amazon or Zappos, right? Zappos started out, Zappos means shoe in Italian, right? I, Amazon was only books when they started. That's it. Only Not even music, just books, right? Then they expanded. Now you can get toe clippers and and power saws on Amazon. Now you could get, you know, purses and dresses on Zappos. So it's uh, it's the same thing. But when they started, they were only one thing. And then as time went on, they started adding more spokes to the wheel or, or more pillars to to commissions to the game. And so as new agents, right, you'd say, just like your agent, you look 250 to 350 condos in downtown and just be hyper focused on that do open houses on those and do whatever calling around knocking on doors handing out cars at the coffee shop at the bottom of those whatever just hyper focus and then start building out after you've had some success yeah and then i would say too for the more experienced agents people who've been in the business three five seven ten years whatever it may be and they're looking to take themselves to that next level at that point you've probably got the market knowledge and you probably know the nuts and bolts and ins and outs of the various systems that are out there. If you don't know your numbers like the back of your hand, you need to know your numbers like the back of your hand. We look at the business, you know, where it comes from. That's one of the most critical things that as business owners we need to know about. And we also share that information with all of our agents. We have it broken down to we know where every single agent's closing comes from. We know the source of that lead and and we, when we review it with them quarterly, we just have a, a conversation of, you know, you're doing great in this area, in this area, in this area, but you're a little bit behind on your goal, and I don't see anything coming from open houses. That's an opportunity for you to grow your business by doing stuff, you know, more open houses. And so back to the individual agent who, or whatever, you know, they're trying to get to the next level. Once you know your numbers, all of a sudden you'll see these huge gaps in your business, and it just becomes obvious, okay, I'm doing a ton of business in this area, so I'm going to keep focusing on that area. But now I'm going to grow, you know, dear. I'm going to get some nail clippers in my in my inventory line. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, so how often do you sit down with your agents and and look at that uh, squint at and look at that graph and say, hey, that that's a quarterly exercise. Um, but we do sit down monthly and track, you know, volume and and contracts written and appointments set. And then we meet with them daily. I mean, the daily accountability of getting them in the office, you know, the, the team huddle is also part of, you know, what are you doing? I mean, we broadcast the numbers. People know, you know, where they're at. We have competitions. It's great with a bunch of little buyer, a little buyer, a bunch of wonderful buyer agents. They love competition. So $50 gift cards for monthly competitions goes so much further than you could ever imagine when building a team. Yeah, and also you have to keep in mind, yeah, I accept the fact that I'm a Georgia Tech guy and I'm a nerd at heart and I love digging <laughs> into spreadsheets and pie yeah. charts and all that stuff, but I also accept the fact that most people are not that way. So I, I, I hold back, you know, you know, I don't want to bombard them with a bunch of spreadsheets that they don't want to look at and, and think about. Um, but they get it. They, they love, you know, like I said, that quarterly exercise and then that monthly review of, of, the, of the metrics that, you know, keep them on track. Yep. Yeah, I could see how you, you I mean, you couldn't fail. I mean, if you failed, it was because you quit because you couldn't keep up with the, with the accountability and, and the level of expectation that you guys have with your team. So I commend you for that. That's, that's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. Listen, guys, this, this, this has been a great show. You have doled out uh, a major, major amount of meat and potatoes. And uh, I'm sh I would be shocked if, if everyone listening to this didn't take away at least five awesome ideas and awesome things to start implementing in their business right away. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to put everything on hybendigital.com. Just uh, put, I'll make it hybendigital.com GSG. Make it real easy. And, hey, and let, me just, let me just say one more thing. I mean, yeah, please a do. A lot of people ask us all the time, well, you know, why, are you, why would you share your secrets, why, the secret sauce, and all that kind of stuff? I, I've been saying this for a few years now. It's not the hammer. It's the carpenter. We'll gladly give this information, but unless you pick up the tool and go to work, 
it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's useless, really. So if you want to break through to that next level, go out there and swing a hammer for a few days. Treat it like a business. Boom. Not the hammer. It's the carpenter. I love it. I'll never forget it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You guys know that I'm I'm pretty experienced in this business. Been at this game. Had my I had my license in Maryland for 28 years full time now. I still have a big team that's run by somebody else, Mike Sloan, my partner, but I'm an, intricately involved with him on an email basis if if not more. Uh, regularly so i know what's going on plus i had over 400 guests on the show including the ones that haven't been released yet and i see where the pain points are in real estate today and i think there's a huge pain point in listings right i think that because the mls is public now people are having to spend more and more time and more and more money and effort to get buyers and they're getting farther and farther away from listings And I'm a big believer that listings are the name of the game, that buyers are a byproduct of listings, and that you will get much more solid buyers from sign calls than you will from buying them from some of these sites or from anywhere else, and that you will get uh, much more commissions and a much higher profit by being a listing agent. And I think what keeps people from being listing agents is they're afraid of the listing appointment and the reason they're afraid because there's a lot of really heavy rejection i mean i can remember times in my career where i really 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 thought that i had a listing or i really really wanted a listing and uh, they chose someone else and there's a plethora of reasons why they may have chose someone else but I just remember it, it, it hurting. It, it just getting kicked right in the gut. It keep me awake at night. Like, what did I say wrong? I swore I had rapport with the family. I swore that was in the bag. I should have closed harder. I should have zigged when they zagged. I should have said a different price. I should have said a different commission. I should have said, you know, whatever. A different marketing plan. I forgot to mention this. I forgot to mention that. You know, sometimes I made my listing appointments too short. Because I didn't know that they were interviewing multiple agents. And so anyways, that caused me, knowing that that's the number one pain point in the industry, to create the Certified Listing Agent Program. And this thing has taken a long time. I interviewed eight of the top real estate agents in America about their listing appointment. What they say, what they do, how they do it. And then we role played it on screen, on camera. And then in addition to that, they gave me their pre-list books. They gave me their CMAs. They gave me their net sheets. They gave me everything. And I put it all together. We edited it in the bite-sized chunks. And uh, we created a product out of it. And so basically what you're getting is about 10 hours of video on listing appointments. And you could uh, they're segmented by agent. So if you like an agent, you can watch them over and over again. If you dislike one of the ones of the eight, then you don't have to watch them again. You can print out everything immediately. Some people are buying it just to print out all the stuff that's free with it. The 28 downloads that's included in it. But it and, and it's in, in 10 minute increments. So it uh, so you, you, you watch five to 12 minutes of video and then you take a small quiz. And then you watch another five to 12 minutes and you take a small quiz. So it's bite size. So you can get through it. Go on the appointment. Take a little bit more. Go on the appointment. Take a little bit more. Go eat lunch. Take a little bit more. Or or spread it out over a year. You know, we've had a lot of people already sign up. We've had 10 graduates so far. I can see where the progress is. I have a lot of people over 50% done. And in my mind, because I'm ADD, it, it sure as heck beats being in a stuffy classroom listening to a lecture. Because here you're getting real people saying real meat and potatoes, and it's in bite-sized chunks, and you're forced to take a quiz and get an 80% pass rate on it to keep you alert. And it's just a lot better way, in my opinion, to learn. So if you want to learn more about it, go to hybendigital.com backslash discount. And get the discount that we're offering now. That's Hyben Digital backslash discount. You'll get my personal podcast discount by going there. And take a look. You know, see what you think. It comes with my personal guarantee, 100% guaranteed money back guarantee. Look, if you take it 
and you think it, it it stinks, I'll give you your money back. You can go on Google and Google my name, and I'm personally guarantee this, I'm very, very easy to find, right? Just send me an email, I promise you, I'll, I'll give you your money back. But that's how confident I'm better. I mean, it took us a long time to do this, and a lot of money, and, and it is solid. I mean, it, this is not a cheap waste of somebody's time. You take this course, you're going to beat the competition. You take this course, you're going to feel so much better going in on the listing point. You're going to have a Superman cape on or a Super Wonder Woman cape on. If you take this 10 hours, it may take you 15 hours with the test or whatever. If you put the time in, uh, it will be worth it. Anyways, check it out. Hybendigital.com backslash discount to get your discount on it. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.